the Blue Bloods are here, and Big Ten football is back this weekend, guys. Small spoiler, but we have huge games across the country, multiple ranked matchups, and Brandon, your favorite. We even have some snow games this weekend. I can't wait. I know you can't wait. We're bringing you guys two segments today. We're kicking off with Pick 6, in which we're previewing six of the biggest games of the weekend. And, of course, guys, we already know what's coming. We're wrapping it up with the best segment on this show, Brandon's Gambling Corner. Brandon's going to make you all some money. He was probably one game away last week from hitting his big parlay until Southern Miss decided we're going to get COVID on everybody. But, that's 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 beside the point here, guys. We have a full show, so let's go ahead and kick it off. Week eight, outstanding slate of games, Brandon. We this is the first time I think we've had more than two ranked versus ranked matchups in here. I'm pumped about it. I know you are. So let's go ahead and kick it off, B Dub. A huge ACC conference game between the number three Notre Dame Fighting Irish and the Pitt Panthers. What do you think about this matchup, Brandon? And do you think Pitt has any chance of pulling the upset? Let me say this. Absolutely, they have a chance of pulling the upset. Notre Dame is, I, I, I don't want to say a bad team because they're not bad. They're good. They are so overrated at number three in the country. I mean, I get it. They're 4-0. That's what everyone's going to beat you to death with. Um, they beat Duke 27-13. I, I mean, that's a decent enough win. It's not awful, but it's also against Duke. You know, you, you should be blowing Duke out of the water. They beat UCF, or USF 52-0, fine, another great win. Um, but it's USF, still a bad team. They played Florida State, who everyone knows how we feel about them. And I'm not talking about the Florida State once they replaced James Blackman. I'm talking about during James Blackman. And so they, they, they edged them out 42-26. And then this weekend, we saw, I guess, the defensive battle of the century between them and Louisville. And... I don't. I, I don't know. I'm not convinced that a team that can score 12 against Louisville can convincingly beat this Pitt Panthers team. Who I mean, put it on. Uh, not put it on. They, it was 23-20 against Louisville, but still, I, I feel like that Pitt game. I watched that one against Louisville. It seemed more convincing than this Notre Dame game. Yeah, no, it definitely was convincing. I mean, I think we even covered it on here that it really should have been a blowout if it went for some. I guess you could say missed opportunities by Pitt with like missed field goals, drop passes, drop passes. Man, I listen. I, the Eagles might be the most injured team in the world, but this Pitt team is the worst catching team in the world. I mean, Brandon, I know people who have who don't even know what a football looks looks like that can catch a football better than this. I mean, this is outrageous. I, I don't understand. I mean. So uh, this isn't your gambling segment. I mean, do you think they get another four to five drops this game too? <laughs> I, look, I could see it. Who's the quarterback? Is it Kenny Pickett? If it's Kenny Pickett, then they're going to have uh, no. 17 drops. Uh, uh, Kenny Pickett is out. Um, I talked to our I, I talked to our ACC insider Nick today. I, I hit him up before the episode. I was like, yo, man, what's the info on Kenny? And he said that he's probably out to the Florida State game. 
okay. I, I mean, uh, that's that's kind of a game changer. <laughs> um, I still think this Pitt team, I mean, they're not carried by this offense. I get Kenny Pickett going into last week had more passing yards than any quarterback in the country, which, I mean, incredible, and that's obviously a huge loss for Pitt. But this defense is really what carries this Pitt team. And, yeah. look, this defense, I think, is going to hold – uh, Ian Book. I mean, they're going to make him look. They're going to humble him at least. I mean, I don't know if they're going to make him look bad. I don't, but they're definitely going to make him uh, humble himself a little bit. I, I mean, he this guy only has three touchdowns, three touchdown passes on the year. I get it. He's a mobile quarterback. He uses his legs a lot. But this this pit uh, defensive front is incredible. Their defensive backs, at least Paris Ford's incredible. So I think that they're going to be able to hold this Notre Dame team. And I don't know. I, I think this is definitely the best defense Notre Dame's seen this year so far. Uh, a million. Because Louisville doesn't have a de- – well, they weren't supposed to have a defense. Right. <laughs> For some reason, they apparently like to show up on the road against a top three team in the country. I don't know how that happened, but I, I agree. I think uh, – Brandon, if this game – okay, I don't know what the over-under is because uh, off the oh, top I, of my head. It's um, easy enough, 43 and a half. There's no, there's not even a chance they even hit that. Right. I know 43 and a half seems like a low number in terms of over-unders. Uh, you, could, you could have set the over-under at 30, and I don't know if I would have taken the over. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I think this me- is going to be a low-scoring game. I mean, like, look at this pit team, man. They, they held that Miami offense to 31, and that's with the entire team not being healthy. Right. No, and we can't even. I mean, we can't sit here and act like Notre Dame's defense are, are a bunch of chumps either. I mean, oh, they're really good. They, it's a good they're really defense. good. I don't think they're as good as Pitt's defense, but it's a good defense. I mean, that's definitely what's carrying this team. I know some people that probably need some backlash. Oh, Ian Book is Ian Book has three passing touchdowns. Sit down. This defense is what's carrying this Notre Dame team. <laughs> and that run game, Kyron Williams is a monster. Yeah, he, he he's been the staple of this offense. But the problem is, Brandon. Pitt can't run the ball, and Notre Dame's strength is their pass defense. And then Notre Dame can't pass the ball very well, and one and the strength of this Pitt team is pass rush. It is going to be a sloppy game. I, I think Pitt's going to have five, six sacks. I think I really think Notre Dame might have an interception or two as well, and I think even Pitt might have one. I, Brandon, I'm so high on Paris Ford. You know that. Everyone knows that. I think he gets another pick this weekend. I think Ian Book's going to be forced into mistakes, but the matchup I want to see, Brandon, I don't as good as this Pitt's defensive line is, and we all agree that it's elite. It has not seen an offensive line like this one. I mean, we talked in our ACC preview episode. There's three offensive linemen that have never allowed a sack in their career on that offensive line. So, are they going to be able to get the pressure they usually do? And I think if they can get to Ian Book, even though Kenny Pickett's out. I I think they still have a decent offense. They have to get the ball moving on the ground, though. I think this defense, if it can get to uh, Ian Book, can absolutely pull off an upset. But I, I just I'm really worried. I mean, outside of Jordan Addison, Brandon, we talked on our recap episode. Do you have any faith in a single player on that offense other than Jordan Addison? Um, not. not don't do this to me right now. Not necessarily, but no. <laughs> I mean, it's bad. And like, listen, if Kenny Pickett was playing, the the whole dynamic of this matchup would change. And I think the spread 
res- I kind of went with that. If I remember right, the spread started way, way smaller, smaller than 11 and a half. But, and listen, listen, Pat Narduzzi could keep this a secret. Kenny Pickett roll out there and we'd be talking about a whole different game. But Brandon, I think this Notre Dame offensive line is going to make one, one, one more big play than that defensive line of pit. I think Kyron Williams gets in the end zone maybe once or twice. I think Ian Book makes less mistakes than the true freshman for Pitt. I have Notre Dame squeaking by here 20 to 10, scoring late, uh, making it double digits. Um, but I think Notre Dame pulls a close one here. And that's why I said over under 30. I don't know if I take it because I have the, I have the score of this game being a total 30 points. Yeah. This is really tough for me. Um, because I know in my, I know in my head that Notre Dame is probably going to win this game, but my heart is is telling me that Couch Coach was right on our on our uh, game day special last week that this is about the time of year that that Pitt has one of those signature wins, and you know we we've seen it before. We've seen Pitt beat Clemson. We've seen Pitt beat Notre Dame before, uh, and this defense is just so good, man. And I'm not sold on Notre Dame. I'm going to go with the Pitt Panthers in this one. Uh, and I'm going to go with 21-18 or 21-17 pit. Wow. You see, you went on the same limb I went on last week. And I, I don't know if that's a good choice there. I, I, I've, I guess I've I given up on last week. I've given up on pick six, Zach. Not really. But I've kind of <laughs> given up because you, my record just doesn't indicate my picks anyway. Oh, my you, gosh. You added those two oh bonus games. This, this is just outrageous. But, guys – but we have our, our first Big Ten matchup of 2020 here on the Blue Bloods, Brandon. It is finally here. It matches up two interesting teams that are, compl- that are at two completely different ends of the spectrum. We have Nebraska traveling to Columbus, Ohio to take on number five, Ohio State. Brandon, Ohio State is a whopping 26.5-point favorite. What do you see happening in this matchup, and do you think they cover that outrageous spread? Yeah, let's keep this one short. Um Ohio State's going to win by a million points. Uh, that, that's all there is to it. A, a million? Uh, probably a million. I mean, the spread's 26. You know what the money line is, Zach, on this game for Ohio State to win? It's minus 3,000. If, if you – you would have to bet – you would have to bet $300 to win $10 in this game, Zach. Is it worth it? If you bet $10 in this game, I can't do math, but I think that's like 30 cents that you win. I mean, it's not even worth it. Uh, yeah, I'm not. Man, I'm not, I, I'm not I, rich. I can only bet ten dollars uh, in this game. I'm winning thirty cents this weekend, Zach. That's how. That's real. Come on. That's real tough. I, I, I'm not going to lie to you. That's that's a little tough there. But I mean, Brandon, uh, there's there's only two storylines that matter in this one. We'll just cover them real quick. First. Can Justin Fields fight his way back into the Heisman race? I feel like this is just the first step, and there's not a better team to play the first week of the season to do that outside of um, you know this Nebraska team. Right? He had a Heisman-worthy season last year. He was ranked the second most valuable player by Pro Football Focus, only behind Joe Burrow. That's right. pretty good for a first-year uh, starter. He had over 3,200 yards passing, 10 rushing touchdowns, 41 passing touchdowns, only three interceptions, Brandon, and one came on the last play of the season for them on a, on a play where the wide receiver slipped and would have been open for a touchdown if he would have stayed up. Right. Um, I think he's going to return to show everyone what the rage was about late last season. Some 
some experts even put him over Trevor Lawrence, Brandon. We, I mean, we even had a conversation with Cole Kublick about that, where some people are saying Fields is the best quarterback in this upcoming draft class, and he is easily the second best quarterback in the country right now. He returns key targets in Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson. They were clutched down the stretch for the Buckeyes. I mean, Olave had the highest rate of open targets, 10-plus yards downfield last year. And Wilson, 30 catches over 400 yards, five touchdowns in his limited action. He steps into the um, wide receiver two role. And this defense, Brandon, uh, I don't. it's mediocre. Can I go with that? I mean, they're, they're outside the top 50 coming into the season. They're 100th in pass rush. They're 39th in their secondary. It's not terrible, but a mediocre defense isn't going to stop this Ohio State team. Uh, JoJo Doman, DiCaprio Boodle, uh, they're going to have to be elite this weekend, force fields into into some mistakes. Um, The front seven is not very good, Brandon. Trey Sermon is going to be a problem this weekend. I think people forget Ohio State has Trey Sermon. No, I he is. <laughs> he is really good. I mean, average six yards to carry over 20 touchdowns for um, Oklahoma while he was playing there. Uh, and Brandon, the other storyline I want you to contribute here, because I know you got some opinions. Uh, can Scott Frost finally break through and turn Nebraska into a Big Ten contender? No, absolutely not. Scott Frost isn't going to be the one to do that, Zach. Yeah, we know how I feel about Scott Frost. Not great. Um, Hot seat season? Yeah, it should have been hot seat season last year. But yes, absolutely. Let's give the let's give the COVID season hot seat. Oh, it's tough. Oh, uh, that, that's tough. But I mean, Brandon, he built a dynamic high scoring offense um, at UCF. They were averaging forty six over forty six points a game in two thousand seventeen. Last year for Nebraska, twenty eight points per game, less than seventeen points per game against ranked opponents. Right. That's. That's real bad. And Brandon, I know you're going to be love to hear this. This is this is good. They named Adrian Martinez the starting quarterback again. Oh my gosh! Uh, I mean, why? Uh, you know who's their backup is, right? Who? Luke McCaffrey, Christopher McCaffrey's oh, oh, youngest brother. People forget. People do forget that I forgot about that. Really good. He's really good. I mean, people are saying he's the best McCaffrey brother, which is outrageous to say. That's that's a bad take. Um, but worst take? you know, yeah, worst take. That is the worst take ever. And Brandon Martinez ranked a hundred and twenty third last season by Pro Football Focus. Hey Zach, while we were while we were talking about this game, the spread, uh, the money line move. Now it's minus five thousand on Ohio State. <laughs> that was like Jesus that was like Christ. two minutes. That was two minutes, and now instead of instead, gosh, I don't even I don't even know. It's I, I I'm not going to win any money on this game. Oh my gosh, man, this it, this is a bad look, bro. Um, but listen, and Brandon, you're going to like this. He ranked dead last in the country last year in big time throw rate. Okay, yeah, that's I mean, real tough. We we hate this kid. We are. I mean, I hate saying that we hate this kid, but we do. He was one interception away from the Jameis Winston ratio, Brandon. He had 10 touchdowns and nine interceptions. Okay, but see, the difference is that Jameis threw 30 touchdowns and 30 interceptions. That's true. So. That's true. Almost. Hey, he had the triple. They don't play as many games, though, Brandon. Give the kid a break. He can't be that bad. Yeah, but, they played, Brandon. They played 12 <laughs> instead of 16. Yeah. Um, Brandon, he ranked outside the top 110 in performance in a clean pocket, performance against pressure, turnover-worthy play rate, and accurate pass rate. So he's bad all across the board. Real bad. It's, gar- it's garbage. I, 
James Blackman or Adrian Martinez, I would have to think about it tonight. I don't know. Um, he's going to hold this offense back against a good defense, Brandon. And there is one bright spot. Uh, Wandale Moore is a dynamic playmaker. Over 800 yards of total scrimmage yards last year. Five touchdowns. I expect the ball to be in his hands at all times uh, this weekend. But Brandon, I don't think I think everyone knows where we're going with this. I have Ohio State forty-one thirteen in a blowout in Columbus. You think Nebraska can score thirteen on on Ohio State? I, I think they score late because I think they're going to get the backups in just to get some conditioning and stuff like that. Yeah, you talked me into it. All right, I'm going Ohio State forty-eight, uh, Nebraska ten. I like it. I like. It. Hey, maybe they'll put McCaffrey in. He'll get a touchdown late. That that might be their only hope. I take it back. I take it back. <laughs> I, I want the over to hit so bad. I'm going with Ohio State, 52, Nebraska. What do they have to score to make it over? Uh, 17. Like it. But, guys, back to the ACC. we got number 23, NC State, traveling to face their, I guess, our in-state rival, North Carolina. North Carolina is a 14-and-a-half-point favorite, Brandon. I want to go ahead and give you a heads up in case you guys didn't know. Devin Leary, the starting quarterback for NC State, broke his fibula last week, so he's going to be out for four to eight weeks, and that is a huge loss for the Wolfpack, Brandon. Yeah, I mean, this kid's good. Uh, eight touchdowns in the season, 890 passing yards already. And, I mean, to lose him, yeah, any chance that NC State had in this game is is suddenly diminishing. Yeah, I, I, I think it's bad. I mean, the biggest storyline is how did the Tar Heels bounce back from that devastating loss? I mean, the energy was not there early, Brandon. I mean, Sam Howell made a run late, but he did not play well enough in the first half. Um, you know, Brandon, what would you give his grade for the season right now? Uh, uh, B minus, probably. C plus, somewhere on there. Oh, you even went better than me. I, I gave him a C minus. No, I'm sticking with C plus. I, I think I think he's played average at best. I mean, I, I think he hasn't won any games for them, really, Brandon. I mean, let's be honest. Michael Carter and Javante Williams have been the bright spots on this team. Yeah, I mean, this was your Heisman, so, I, I mean, Listen, uh, no, Trevor Lawrence was my Heisman. I said uh, this kid would compete. But did you um, buy you a can, ring? Did you buy a ring for Trevor Lawrence? Uh, nah, he already has rings for everybody else, man. I was just trying to give a – an under uh, like a, a like someone on the down low, but yeah, it's fine. <laughs> you haven't even seen him play yet. He won't even play till what November. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, we're saving the best for last. Fair enough, but Brandon, I need to see better from Hal. I know this is going to be unfair, but he's the reason UNC isn't undefeated right now. He he needs better accuracy. He needs to throw the ball down the field better. Um, his decision making and play under pressure is god awful. And, you know, going into last weekend, UNC's defense was one of the best in the country, Brandon. But the problems we saw in the second half against Virginia Tech reared its ugly head. They had poor discipline, lack of effort, poor execution. All these things popped off the screen for me last week. And Chaz Surratt needs to rectify his terrible performance last game. He better Absolutely. come out and have 35 tackles. I mean, at least. Because this is, I, I, it was I don't even know if I'd let him get like get on the field just leave him in the locker room as punishment that was abysmal last week i want to say that word quit using that word learn a new word okay i'll i'll wait i'm gonna pull up my dictionary on my computer but zach heard um, someone say abysmal one time and now that's all i know god oh my god he's so much smarter Um, than me 
<laughs> I mean, Brandon, I need to see the defensive intensity uh, to come back for this USC defense. Uh, but a, a, the biggest storyline, Brandon, what is NC State's offense going to be like without Leary? And can they avoid what happened last year? Bailey Hockman is getting the start Saturday, Brandon. It's his last chance to make an impact. He played 10 games for NC State so far. He has seven interceptions in 10 games, Brandon. Yeah. That's bad. Not good. Not good hey, at he's all. Hey, he, he's a Florida State transfer, so take that for what you will. Yeah, whatever whatever weight you want to put on that, go ahead. I'm putting a lot of weight. Apparently, if yeah. you get recruited to Florida State, bro, if I'm another school and Florida State's recruiting a quarterback, I'm pulling my offer. Yeah, like uh, Malik Henry. I mean, that's we saw what happened to him. Not good. Um, I love last chance too. If you can't tell, that's, that's was it. The other quarterback, also the the last one from Mississippi Gulf Coast, didn't he also come from Florida State? I have no idea. <laughs> oh, no I, I I can see his face. Like he's number fourteen, but I forgot his name. He went to like uh, Florida Atlantic after he left uh, Mississippi Gulf Coast. But um, anyway. Uh, Hawkman, he's going to have Amika Amenzi, um, at wide receiver. I mean, Brandon, that was the guy who had a huge performance in the upset win over Pitt, caught the game winning touchdown. He has over 300 yards receiving, two touchdowns. He's going to have to be a huge part of the game plan because he's going to be able to bail Hawkman out. Listen, if Devin Leary did, did not get hurt, I think you, NC State would have a real shot at the upset, but I don't believe, um, that Hawkman could get it done. I think UNC is going to be coming in on a mission after last week's horrible performance. Brandon, I have North Carolina 34-13 over NC State this weekend. Yeah, I mean, this this NC State uh, defense is giving up 30, almost 32 points a game. And, I mean, they've, they've, they've played Wake Forest, Virginia Tech, Pitt, Virginia, and Duke. Um, I think North Carolina's defense is – you know, I think they can contend with any of those. I mean, they, they, uh, I don't know. I, I think they can. So I'm going to go with uh, North Carolina 35, NC State without their quarterback 14. Mm, I I like it. But we're back to the AAC, Brandon, our favorite conference, maybe. Um, but we have number nine Cincinnati traveling to number 16 SMU. And yes, guys, you are listening to this right. SMU is a two and a half point favorite. So Brandon, I guess does the number nine team in the country pull the upset over the number sixteen team in the country? Uh, I'm not going to give you that answer yet. What I will say is that this SMU team has impressed me, and uh, not not with their defense, with their offense, and it's all offense is what this team is. Um, I understand they went to overtime with with Tulane last week. Uh, fine by me. Tulane, I, everyone knows I love Tulane. Um, the Cincinnati team hasn't really been impressing me as much as I thought they could this season. Um, you know, they had a pretty impressive win over over Boston College, uh, again, over Army. But, I mean, outside of those two teams, which some people would make the argument don't even deserve to carry as much weight as I'm giving them, they've beaten Austin P and they've beaten South Florida. Uh and I'm not. I'm not going to give credit to SMU on the other side either. They played Texas State, North Texas, Stephen F. Austin. The only, the only really good win for SMU to this point, in my opinion, has been over Memphis. Um, and that's probably just me carrying over memories from this past, from last season. Um, 
I don't think either one of these teams is going to finish top 10. They're both undefeated, but I don't know. This is going to be a fun game to watch, I think. Uh, Cincinnati actually has a defense, which is weird. It's weird to say. I don't. I, I never thought I would be saying Cincinnati had a defense. Yeah, they actually have probably one of the better defenses in the entire country. Yeah, and probably, I mean, I would say probably the best in the AAC. Yeah, uh, no doubt. But, I mean... Brent, I think the line and kind of like the skepticism of Cincinnati comes from the fact they haven't played since October 3rd. Right. Um, not good. Uh, teams that are coming off big breaks like this have looked rusty, not fared well after these long breaks. Um, you know, I, for me, this is a this this is going to be a no-brainer, but the matchup to watch is this defense against this explosive SMU offense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the the best positional matchup of the weekend, in my opinion. I mean, two two strengths against each other. Brandon, listen, uh, this stat blew my mind. SMU's passing game is averaging three hundred and fifty nine passing yards per game, two and a half touchdowns per game, and less than half an interception per game. Yeah, while Cincinnati, Cincinnati's passing defense is only allowing one seventy one per game. Zero passing touchdowns allowed this year and two and a half interceptions per game. Yeah, I mean, that that, that changes this weekend, I think. Uh, I think this SMU, this SMU offense is just way too overpowered. And, I mean, go back and look at it, Zach. Who would have – I guess Boston College would be the team to, to score a passing touchdown on the Cincinnati team. But, I mean, besides that, they've played Army, who just passes the ball like two times a game. They've played U, uh, USF and, and Austin – and. Um, Austin P, who I'm not sure even have a quarterback, so I'm not going to give too much weight to that no passing touchdown thing this year. Oh man, I that I, I understand. I got you. I, I'm not going to put too much thought into it, but I just thought that was a cool stat. But listen, something's going to have to give, like you said. I mean, Shane Bouchelle. I mean, he's been. I mean, Brent. I know that's I'm tossing this word around, but I feel like he's played elite. I mean, over 1,700 yards, 12 touchdowns, and two interceptions. Yeah, he looks really good compared to Desmond Ritter, who. Uh, hasn't really <laughs> shown like up at all this bitch. season. Yeah, I don't even know. I, I I don't even know what happened to Desmond Ritter. I don't know. Uh, I feel like I feel bad. I feel like I feel like we need to go back and erase the tapes where we where we uh, talked him up so much. Delete like our first like nine episodes where we cover Cincinnati every week. It well, seemed like to be fair, we've been covering them a lot this year. Their games have just been getting canceled. That's true. I, what this is the third time we've covered them, and the first two times they got canceled. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Maybe we're cursed. I don't know. We might as well go ahead and choose seven games already because this game's going to get canceled for sure. Oh, man. I'd be so upset. But listen, Ahmad Gardner, Kobe Bryant, Air Bush. Yeah, Kobe, but it's spelled C O B Y. Ah, don't like it. I know. I, yep. I mean, they've been elite, though. All three of these guys are DBs all for the Cincinnati team. They've combined for six interceptions and six more pass breakups. Brandon, the entire defense, the entire secondary, has combined for an 88.5 PFF coverage grade for 2020. And to put that in perspective for you, Clemson leads the country at 90.7. Okay, well, fair. I would say that's pretty elite. Um, Man, Bouchelle versus this elite secondary is going to be great. But, Brandon, here's a key, though. Reggie Robertson Jr. is out for the season with a knee injury. That's the uh, number one target for this SMU team. So who's going to step up in a tough, tough matchup? And then my other storyline, Brandon, 
it can this, I guess, inconsistent Cincinnati running game get any yards against this even worse SMU run defense? Um, <laughs> Cincinnati has used kind of like a by-committee approach, uh, approach, Brandon, where they've combined for about 170 per game, but that's kind of deceiving. In my opinion, their leading rusher only has 145 rushing yards for the entire season. Right. And on the other side, SMU's allowing almost 200 yards rushing per game, and that's not a formula to beat elite teams, especially when your offense is so fast-paced and scores so fast. Your defense is going to be tired. That clock control and time of possession is going to be greatly skewed against you. And, Brandon, only one of the three leading rushers for the Bearcats is over, is averaging over three yards per carry, and that's yeah. Charles McClendon. Right. Not great. I mean, J- Jared Dokes, Jerome Ford, McClendon, they have to be explosive, Brandon. They have to make an impact on this game. If they can't get the ball moving against this week front seven, they are going to be in trouble down the stretch. And, you know, I think SMU has to hold Cincinnati to under 125 rushing. I think they have to put the – you know, I never thought I'd be saying this, Brandon. I know it's going to sound crazy. They have to put the ball in Desmond Ritter's hands because he's been the weak point of this team. Yeah, no, no I agree. <laughs> I absolutely. I agree. mean, his struggles with turnovers have been horrible, Brandon. And if you give this SMU offense extra drives on short fields, it's going to get ugly. It's yeah. going to get real bad. But Brandon, a question mark here before I give my prediction is who is out for the Bearcats? Um, they've had to postpone their game against Tulsa due to COVID last week, but they don't release who has COVID and who doesn't. We don't know feel, how many players. I feel like that's kind of sketchy. Yeah, they they don't have they don't share any information, so we don't know who's out for testing positive. We don't know who's out for contact tracing. What if Desmond Ritter's out? What if yeah. the entire DB unit's out? This depending on who is out there for the Bearcats could be a huge storyline going into this game. And that's why it makes this hard to predict. But listen, I'm going to go ahead and assume that most of the stars are going to be available for this game for both teams. <clears throat> and I'm always going to choose an elite defense on the road over just an explosive offense without the best wide receiver in that pass-first system. I think the Bearcats get a close win on the road for their first first road win of 2020. Brandon, I have Cincinnati 21-17 over the Mustangs this weekend. You, you think it's that low scoring, huh? Okay, I, I'm going to go. I think it's also a close game, but I'm on the total opposite side of you, Zach. I'm going with SMU in this game. Shane Bouchel is too good. Uh, uh, what's his name? Ulysses Bennett. Is that his name? Or uh, Bentley? Yeah. Ulysses Bentley. Yep. What, what a name. Uh, I mean, that's a powerful name. Uh, I love it. He, he's the first running back that SMU may have ever had. So that's that's cool. Um, I think I think this SMU offense is just way too strong for this for this. I guess I can call them an escalated uh, Cincinnati Bearcats defense because they've <laughs> played they played maybe the maybe the worst teams in the country to this point. So I'm going with SMU, and I think they score, Zach. I think they really do score. I'm going with SMU, 35, Cincinnati, 31. Wow, pulling. Pull, I guess not the upset. I guess I picked the upset, which is weird. Stupid. But <laughs> but guys, back to the Big Twelve here. You have number 17, Iowa State, traveling to Stillwater to face Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State is a a three-and-a-half-point favorite, and Brandon Spencer Sanders is back. 
how does that affect the Cowboys' chances this weekend in their first and in in probably one of the first ranked versus ranked matchups in the Big Twelve? Nothing changes. They still beat Iowa State by a million points. What do you mean? By a million? Yeah, by a million, Zach. This this Oklahoma State defense is elite. I mean, we talked about elite defenses. This this uh, we've talked about them elite defenses this this episode. Let's talk about it right now. Oklahoma State's defense is elite, Zach, and they've they've actually played teams, my man. Tulsa, West That's Virginia, true. and Kansas. Um, not really. Uh, yeah, it was obviously a joke. Uh, but this Oklahoma State hey, team. West Vir- to be careful. West Virginia's done pretty well for themselves. He's, he's, up on, he's up on the Mountaineers. That's fair. But this Oklahoma State team, Zach, we just talked about Cincinnati. Their last game was also October 3rd. So, like you said, some of these teams that haven't played in a while, um, they look a little rusty when they come back. And so watch out for this Oklahoma State team to come off a little rusty. How has Iowa State climbed all the way back to number 17 after that week one loss to Louisiana, Louisiana well, Lafayette? When, well, when you beat Oklahoma, who was a top, what was it? Top of, 20 like, at the time. Yeah, top 20. And then, like, I mean, they're undefeated, they're undefeated since that loss. And then Louisiana Lafayette is looking real good. Yeah, they they had their first loss. My raging Cajuns had their first loss last week, but but it was to we, the goat, Grayson McCall, and the coastal Carol- coastal Carolinas Chanticleers. They just barely dropped it too, my man. This is it's, it was a tough loss for all of us raging Cajuns down here, but uh, we'll, we'll bounce back. Don't worry. Oh man, I mean, listen, I, I'm really excited for this game. Um, Spencer Sanders is back, but Brandon. Mike Gundy hinted at a two-quarterback system, depending on how the game flows. Um, Sanders only threw two passes before he had to leave with an ankle injury. And last year, he had over 2,000 yards, 16 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. Not great. But he brings a unique dimension to the Cowboys' offense, Brandon, in which he offers much more mobility out of the pocket when compared to Illingsworth. I mean, he had over 400 yards rushing last season. Sacks have been a problem in these few games because Illingsworth cannot escape the pressure like Sanders can, and that puts the offense behind schedule. Um, I'm really interested to see how much Spencer Sanders plays. I think that makes this team significantly more competitive. It makes them a better team. And the matchup of the game, Brandon, which run game can get going? Because right. both teams can run the ball really, really well. And also, both defenses are allowing under 100 rushing yards per game. The front sevens have been strong. They've played a part in the way that these teams have gotten to where they where they are right now. You look at Barisi Hall for Iowa State. Over 500 yards rushing, eight touchdowns. Brandon, I know this sounds crazy, but he's been the best running back in the Big 12 this season. He has been, and that's crazy to say. I mean, it's crazy to say uh, that he's the best running back in the in the Big Twelve, especially when they're playing against this Oklahoma State team, where we thought Chuba Hubbard was just going to go off this season. And while he has been playing really well, uh, you know, all things considered, Lately. it's yeah, but it's still been disappointing, hasn't it? Yeah, I mean, he only has three thirty rushing, four touchdowns, and LD Brown has already two hundred with a touchdown. I really and truly Hubbard the past two weeks or the past two games have been on fire, has been on fire, but LD Brown had to carry this team to a game that they should have lost to Tulsa. And that's a big, big indictment on Hubbard. It absolutely is. And and I don't know. I I feel like he's going to have his coming out party any second now. And this might be the weekend. I think, I think I I totally agree with you. I think, and I think whichever team wins the rushing battle is going to win the game. I think that's going to be a stat you have to look at is rushing yards, time of possession, 
And Brandon, the X Factor 2, Brock Purdy. Right. He's been so inconsistent this year. He's hurt this team more than he's helped them. Right now, Brandon, he's on pace for his lowest completion percentage, lowest yards per completion, and lowest quarterback rating of his career right now. Which is, is he a senior? Is, is this no, he's a junior. Team? Okay. Junior. Fair. Okay. That's tough. That's a, that's yeah, a tough I mean, look for me. <laughs> and listen, he may have a strong four to one TD to inter- interception ratio, but he hasn't really been explosive. And for me, Barisi Hall has led this offense, not Brock Purdy, and that's not what you want to see. He's going to have to play his best game of the year, Brandon, for them to win because this Cowboys defense is, like you said, elite. They are allowing only nine points per game, Brandon, under three hundred yards total yards per game, under two hundred yards passing. He's got to protect the ball because if he caught, if he catches the turnover bug, this could get really, really, really ugly for the Cyclones. And, you know, listen, I think the layoff is going to hurt Oklahoma State early, but I think that def- defense forces Purdy into some big mistakes. The Cowboys continue their run to the Big 12 championship, Brandon. I have Oklahoma State 34 to 24 over the Iowa State Cyclones. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think it's that close. I, I think it's. I think it's going to be Oklahoma State thirty-five, uh, Iowa State fourteen. Ooh, I like the pick. I like the pick. But guys, we finally have a primetime matchup here Go. in the Big Ten. And listen, number eighteen Michigan traveling to number twenty-one Minnesota. Michigan is the two and a half point favorite here, Brandon. And listen. If you guys or Brandon needed any more motivation to watch this game, then let me tell you, we have a week one Big Ten snow matchup in primetime on ABC for game day. Can you ask for anything more? This is why we play, guys. This is why we watch. This is it. Brandon, I even thought about it. Like, I, I I don't think they're allowing fans, but if they were, I would drive to Minneapolis this weekend to catch this game. It's going to be a magical time. Really, uh, you know, all, you know, I say I would drive up there, but since my, you know, southern self struggles in the snow, I don't know if driving on the interstate from Kansas to Minnesota is the best thing in the world. But yeah, we don't, we don't want to do that. Yeah, we we would work it. I mean, Brandon, this is how dope it is. So we went. Uh, this is a way off topic. I'm sorry, guys. Tangent time is Zach's tangent time. Three segments today. Um, when I went up to Minnesota for the Final Four, did you know they just have ski slopes? Like on the side of the interstate? Um, no, bro. It it was the final four. It was like April, and like we're driving into Minneapolis, and I, like I look to my left, and there's just like a hill of snow. It it was not snowing. It was not even that cold for real, and people are just skiing down the slope, like into the interstate almost. Like it was angled toward the interstate. And I was like, that seems real dangerous. But apparently yeah, in Minnesota, like it's a thing. So apparently if you want to go uh, snowboard or ski, I guess you can do that in Minneapolis any time of the year because they just have a snow mountain on the side of the interstate. Yeah, no, I mean, it's it's a, it's it's an interesting group of people that we have up in Minnesota. <laughs> Yo, accents, fire though. But like, I'm not going to lie, I, I loved going to the Final Four. The best thing in the world is checking into the hotel room and that Minnesota, and that like northern, like harsh accent came out. And I was like, yes, that's it. That's what I that's what I came on this trip for. But guys, back to the game. Way off track there. Um <laughs> listen, 
Michigan's brand is trying to rebound from a, uh, this is going to sound bad, but I, th- I think you're going to agree with me here. You might not. We can get into it. A disappointing nine and four season last year that had national championship hopes. While Minnesota is looking to finally get to the Big Ten championship after being one game away last season. So, Brandon, what are you looking forward to seeing in this game and what do you think is going to happen? Look, I'm about to take on my full persona of just being the uninformed fan here. But um, I don't know anything about these two teams right now. I I really, really don't. Um, I know that I, I know that it's two M teams in the Big Ten. And I know that I like Minnesota in this matchup. Uh, I don't I don't know who made this spread. I don't know who's ranking these teams without them playing a game. But uh, we're here and we're finally we finally have Big Ten snow football and Minnesota just seems more acclimated to the snow to me and it's at home. So I'm going to go. I, don't, I mean, I'll probably guess what I'll probably go with Minnesota on this one. Wow. Okay, I very mean, good analysis on this end. God, you know, I, I, my little brother is like more into like Pokemon than football. Like, I don't know. I think he might know more about this game. Um, but <laughs> I'm just <laughs> listen. Opt outs are going to be a huge storyline, Brandon, for Michigan. Uh, Dylan McCaffrey, Christian Turner, Nico Collins, uh, Ambry Thomas. All opted out or declared for the draft before the season, Brandon. In case you know you guys listen and don't know, McCaffrey projected starting quarterback. He's gone. Uh, Nico Collins, number one wide receiver for the Wolverines last year. He's gone. Um, and Thomas was ranked Brandon the number one defensive back in the Big Ten in the entire conference. Really? And he opted out. Yes. Uh, Micah Parsons was a defensive back, right? No, he's a linebacker. I thought he was a safety. No, he's a linebacker, bro. We're, we'll cut this. Don't worry. <laughs> God. Well, we you, we had a whole segment where you picked Penn State as the bet had the best linebacking core in the country. That's fine. That's because fine. of we'll, Michael uh, Parson. No, that's fine. We'll cut it. Oh my God, this is this is too <laughs> much. I am mind blown. But guys, who's going to step up? Because this is not a game where you your guys have time to grow and figure it out on the fly. You're going to have to know immediately because Minnesota is not the team that, you know, I guess uh, average college football fans think they're like, oh, Minnesota's not that good. Minnesota's really good, guys. I think, I, really and truly, I think Minnesota right now is the top 12 team. Right. Are, are you Hope taking Minnesota over Cincinnati? Absolutely, I am every single are day. You taking Minnesota over Miami? Uh, Don't, talk, I talk. dare you. I dare, <laughs> I swear to God. We're gonna have to have a whole. We're gonna have another segment where like Zach lectures Brandon about how Minnesota would wipe the floor with Miami. Zach thinks Minnesota is really, really good because they beat Auburn um, last bowl season, and so any team that beats Auburn to Zach is just like they might as well Listen, win, win the Spoiler natty. alert: I picked them to go to the Big Ten championship this year. Yeah. I think they're that good. I mean, listen. Okay, so let's get into Minnesota because this offense, Brandon, is going to be something to watch. I think it's elite. They have the number eight offense into the country preseason ranked. They do. <clears throat> top 10 receiving production, top five quarterback, top 30 rushing, top 30 O-line. Tanner Morgan is back. He's uh, Brennan, he he did play elite last year. I don't care what anyone says. Over, over 65% completion percentage, over 3,000 yards, 30 touchdowns, only seven interceptions. That is really, really good numbers, and it was overlooked because of what Joe Burrow was doing down 
and LSU. I think a lot of quarterbacks had good performances that just were overshadowed because all we could talk about was how Joe Burrow was throwing nine touchdowns a week. Um, and Brandon, even though he opted out, Rashad Bateman opted back in now. Yeah, and he, he was cleared to come back. Uh, 60 catches, 1,200 yards, averaging 21 yards per catch and 11 touchdowns last year. This guy is a legit Bolitnikov, uh, I guess, threat, if you want to put it that way. I think he's that – yeah. Yeah, a contender would be a good word there. See, I, I, I got abysmal, but I don't have threat. I need to expand my vocabulary. But, Brandon, on the flip side, Michigan has one of the best pass – I guess defensive lines, front seven, pass pass rush, um, you know, unit coming back. They returned two of their top pass rushers from 2019, and they in Pro Football Focus ranks their pass rush returning eighth in the country. Uh, they have the 13th overall defense. Aiden Hutchinson, Kawiti Pay, they're both back. They're going to have to be explosive and impactful, and they have to get Morgan out, out of rhythm. Brandon, we saw last year when Minnesota lost. Tanner Morgan was pressured, forced into mistakes. If you let him sit back in the pocket, he is going to demolish your defense. Yeah, Especially with Rasad Bateman. And Brandon Hutchinson, 69 total tackles, 10.5 for loss, 3.5 sacks. And then pay 50 tackles, 12.5 sacks. I mean, 12.5 tackles for loss and and 6.5 sacks. So these guys, big production guys, always in the play. And for Michigan... If there is a weakness on this offense for Minnesota, it's that offensive line. They did lose some guys to the pros. They're going to have to have three to five sacks to really have a shot in this game, in my opinion. They're going to have to get to Tanner Morgan and get him with some happy feet where he's going to overthrow some balls. And they have some guys on the back end of the defense that could turn interceptions into big plays. But, Brandon, the biggest X factor, Joe Milton is the starting quarterback for uh, Michigan this weekend. And to say he's walking into a vicarious situation is probably an understatement. Um, three of the top weapons for Michigan are now gone. He has a lot of youth um, on this uh, at wide receiver at running back. And, but luckily, Minnesota lost seven starters on their defense. So they're, they're also going to have some youth. But I don't know how much you know about Milton Brandon. I don't know if anyone listening really knows. But he's 6'5", 245, and runs a 4'6", 40. Wow. No question about his athleticism here. No. But he only has 11 college pass attempts and 12 college rushes. And the worrisome stat is two interceptions and only 11 passes. Yeah, that's tough. But he has two rushing touchdowns. So take that for what you you will, but – Brandon, the thing about here, I've got to ask you this. I mean, Joe Milton may be the last quarterback John, John Harbaugh's given the – Jim Harbaugh, my bad, is given the opportunity to really show that he was the missing link. So listen, when he first got there, the quarterbacks weren't good, right, Brandon? And so right. then he goes out, gets Shea Patterson. It's a sort of mobile, uh, big-arm quarterback. There's like, that's what we need. He didn't work out. Then you got Dylan McCaffrey, sort of mobile, more accurate, pretty good arm. Didn't work. He's gone. So now you get a true dual threat quarterback that just has sheer size and athletic system. If it doesn't work, what do you turn to? What's your excuse now? Yeah, I think you had to put Jim Harbaugh in shoulder pads and a helmet at that point. Uh, hey, fair enough. Hey, I, like I was looking for 
autographed jerseys um just looking at them and like i came across a jim harbaugh autographed michigan jersey i feel like we should get it for the pod Um, (laughs) just like collect jim harbaugh merchandise is it in the budget i I don't know hey guys if you want to donate you can go to anchor um shout out to (laughs) the the one person that's donated so far we love you out there but we're getting paid now professionals Hey, add to, if you're out there listening, we'll sponsor you. Whatever you got. Like, listen, if bad boy mowers are out there, don't worry about the bowl game. We got you here on the Blue Bloods. We will talk all about the bad boy mowers. But yeah, no, right now, uh, I think they're pretty bad mowers. <laughs> but if you sponsor us, I, I can change my stance. Oh, that. Listen, I couldn't be more excited for a snow game. I think this game is going to be an outstanding matchup. But listen. I don't think there's any question. P.J. Fleck is the better coach than Jim Harbaugh. I'm taking the better coach here. I'm definitely betting on Tanner Morgan over Joe Milton, who's unproven. I think the Golden Gophers put the country on notice with a big win this weekend. I have Minnesota 34-21 over Michigan. No, I agree with you a million percent, Zach. I know that's not what you want to hear right now, but I've also got Minnesota in this one. Uh, Michigan is – I want to take the big lead and pick six. I want to take the big lead. You're already cheating, dude. Just let me. Just let me. I was oh, gonna pick Minnesota for the jump. That you are is cheating. Weak. We do Stop this every it. single Stop episode. This we do right this every now. episode. This is ridiculous, oh, Zach. Minnesota's gonna win. Minnesota's gonna win big. Minnesota's gonna win forty-two to twenty-one. Oh boy, you are. I can't wait for gambling segment. If you're rolling like that, this is gonna be a fun segment. But speaking got, of that, I got heavy pockets. <clears throat> Guys, that wraps up pick six. We're moving on to our last segment here. Brandon's Gambling Corner, week eight. It's a fan favorite with a twist. Um, It was a staple last year. Uh, We changed it up a little bit. I'm going to be throwing some gambling questions at Brandon. This is is completely blind. Doesn't know what is coming, so you're getting his real, honest, on-the-spot reaction. So let's go ahead. You know, the Big Ten's back, Brandon. So this is your first Big Ten Superdog pick of the season. Oh yeah, you gotta you gotta pick an underdog here um, to cover the spread. They don't have to win, but to cover the spread. I hope you go big here. We have Illinois, eighteen and a half point underdog against Wisconsin on Friday night. We have Purdue, two and a half point underdog against Iowa and Indiana, five and a half point underdog against Penn State. Who are you Ooh. taking? And and on the flip side, do you see any of these underdogs that you would pick to win this game? Ooh, give me, give me the, give me the second one again. I want to hear it. Purdue two and a half underdog against Iowa. I know this is a cop out. I understand it's a cop out. Is this one in Iowa? Uh, yes, I believe so. Oh, well, if it's in Iowa, there's no chance they do that. Um, shoot, <laughs> he, I, said, he said the Children's Hospital is undefeated. And I, I mean, you'll never see me pick against Wisconsin. I mean, uh, that's obviously my that's my second team. I guess. I mean, if you listen to any of this podcast. Um. Uh, well, eighteen and a half points is a lot. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Illinois. They beat them last year, so why not? Maybe maybe this is like uh, a like a Kansas oh, wait, State Oklahoma time out, thing. Timeout. Timeout. It's at Purdue. My bad. It is oh, at oh, Purdue. That's a game changer. That's the one I pick. Then if if I had to pick one, I'm picking Purdue. I have to. If so so not, if they cover if they cover two and a half, do you have them winning the game? Well, I mean, I think I have to. I don't I don't see why I wouldn't. I mean. Ah, so tough. That's so tough. Um, no, I'm still going to go with Wisconsin. I think. It, I mean, I, I mean, that's the obvious pick here. You know, 18 and a half is a lot of points. Um, you know, you see. I mean, that's a three score game. 
We saw Illinois beat Wisconsin last season, and I, I get it. It's, it's not the same teams here. Um, if they would start Graham Mertz, then maybe they would cover 18.5, but 18.5 is just too many points in this matchup, Zach. I, I got to give it to Illinois in this one. I like it. I never will pick um, against Wisconsin week one ever again. Um, go back and listen to episode one if you want to find out why. But, Brandon, we're moving to the SEC here. A little bit tougher. We're going to make you pick an underdog money line this weekend. Uh-oh. And not only that, I want you to give me a percent, your percentage that the underdog gets to win for all these matchups here. Uh, oh, like like all – are you giving me three and I have all to like – All four. Okay. Ole Miss plus 132 over Auburn. Tennessee plus 730 over Alabama. Missouri – plus 184 over Kentucky, and South Carolina plus 186 over LSU. Look, I can see three of those happening, but there's no way that that Missouri – or not Missouri. There's no way that Alabama drops a game to Tennessee. No chance. (laughs) You would hope not, right? That would be the biggest upset in a long time. Yeah, you would hope not. Well, if I had to choose one, I'm going with South Carolina over LSU. That's a no-brainer. That is just a no-brainer. South Carolina's been playing pretty well. LSU, on the other hand – Meh. Dude, and I, I, I think I think the Auburn and the Auburn, Ole Miss, and South Carolina LSU are good bets. I think that I honestly, honestly, if I'm putting money on this, I think I think Missouri can beat Kentucky too. I don't uh, think Missouri I don't is, that, that that Kentucky defense has been rolling. Yeah, and Missouri just doesn't have a defense or an offense, but maybe uh, if I had to choose one, I'm going with. Uh, don't don't make me choose against LSU. I'll go with I'll go I'll go with Ole Miss over over Auburn if I had to choose one. I like that. If I had to choose I like two, that. I would go I would go LSU to lose to South Carolina as well. I'll hit right, my so, happiness here. So you have a pretty good percentage on South Carolina Ole Miss. So you're giving a zero percent chance Tennessee beating Alabama, right? No chance. I mean cigars. I don't know how many fans are allowed in Bryant Denny, but cigar smoke will fill the stadium. Oh, they're playing in Tennessee. No cigar smoke will fill the stadium. Hmm. That's tough. And Missouri over Kentucky, I think you can get that one a pretty good one. I, I think uh, you can see that. I can see that. All right. Over-unders now, Brandon, your favorite. These are easy. We have Tulane and UCF over-under 72 and a half. Uh, ooh, that's tough. UCF can score now. Um, uh, they can roll. Tulane, Tulane can score too. Um, we're still going to go with under. I mean, 73 and a half is a lot of points. Oh, that is under. a lot of points. That is a lot. Alabama, Tennessee, over under 65 and a half. Over. Over easy. Bama might score that by That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Uh, but do you trust Jared Garantano to score on that Alabama defense? No, but I trust him to throw a couple passes to that Alabama That's defense. True. Yeah. That's true. All right. Baylor, Texas, over under 61 and a half. That's tough, too, now, because... I'm going with 62 and a half. Uh, I'm going under. I like it. Um, all right. Kentucky, Missouri, 46 and a half points. Ooh, that's not a lot of points. I'm going over. No. Any, I told you it's a rule of thumb for me. If, if there's an over under the 40s, I'm going over. Unless it's Notre Dame Pitt. <laughs> Unless it's Notre Dame Pitt. That, that's, that's only defense, though. That's different. That's true. Auburn, Ole Miss, 70 and a half. Over. 
that's a lot of points. You, you expect Bo Nitz to put up? Don't, don't get, no, I, I expect uh, Matt Corral to put it up. That's true. That's a good one. Kansas State, Kansas, 48 and a half. Oh, man, I just said the rule of thumb thing about. Uh, that's a tough one. Think, oh, and, and Puka Williams has left Kansas, by the way. He is gone. What, wait, I feel, okay. I feel like we should talk about that. What's, what? <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, he was tired of losing and said he opted out like in the middle of the season. Oh, well, Kansas isn't going to score a point. So Kansas State will just have to score 50. So I'm going under. <laughs> he said that changes everything. I we're going to put you on the spot with some really close spreads here. All these are under three and a half. Okay. So you're going to have to pick these spreads. So Texas Tech plus three and a half against West Virginia. Who do you have? Uh, am I choosing? I'm choosing the spread, or am I choosing? I'm choosing the spread, right? Uh, spread, yeah, spread. West Virginia. Uh, I think they cover three and a half point spread. I like that pick. Hawaii plus three and a half against Fresno State. Where's it at? Ooh, hang on. Is it on the I'm island? Loading. If it's on the island, we know my pick. I, I, we know I my believe pick. it. I believe it is on the island. Oh well. well I, what I will say is that. On the island, I'm going Hawaii covers that spread. No, it's in Fresno. Oh, I don't think Fresno State's good though. I, I didn't know they were playing. I didn't. Know, is this the first week they're playing? Yeah, this is the first game. That's tough. You're, I'm going. I'm going with Hawaii to cover. Still, I, I don't think Fresno State's good. Oh, I like that. Florida State plus three and a half against Louisville. Uh. Louisville by a million points, I think. Uh, look, I I don't know. I don't know what to think anymore. Florida State beat North Carolina, but I think they have like a hangover sort of thing. Like they're like, oh, we can win one game this season, and they lose every other game. If there's a team that's going to have a hangover, it's Florida State. Um, All right. <laughs> every student there you're, too. You're raging Cajuns. They are half-point underdogs against UAB. Oh, they're going to kill UAB. I mean, it, I looked at it. It's in Birmingham. I actually know where this one's at, um, and they're going to kill UAB. I like it. All right. We got two. We have two. I, I, I got to test you here. Is there any way Clemson doesn't cover their 46-and-a-half-point spread against Syracuse? Okay, so I saw that, and that's hilarious. But they're going to cover it. Syracuse, bad team. Clemson, they scored 73 against uh, Georgia Tech team that I don't think is that bad. So, yeah, I think they absolutely cover that. Uh, ha- um, so, listen to these money lines. Do either of these entice you? Clemson is the minus 100,000. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> like, holy – like, Brandon, ex- break that down for people who don't gamble. How would you, you have, have to make money on this? Well, to make – a hundred dollars on this game, you would have to bet a hundred thousand. So that's go ahead. I mean, if you got it, you got it. Uh, to, <laughs> to win, to win ten dollars on this game, you have to bet ten thousand, and to bet to win a dollar, you have to bet a thousand dollars on Clemson. So I don't know. I mean, yeah. do we have the funds? I mean, no, <laughs> no. We. <laughs> I'm not telling you guys how much we've made on this podcast, but we don't have the funds. It's not worth it. We might lose. <laughs> I, look, I think I think if you bet how much we've made, you might lose money. <laughs> That's a fact. Um, but they Brandon, the money line, a couple a couple cents. <laughs> <laughs> the money line for Syracuse is plus four thousand. 
I, I mean, I think you got to take it. I mean, if you bet if you bet ten dollars on that, you win four hundred. If, if Clemson pulls off the miracle of the of the of life, they pull off the miracle of life. Hey, Syracuse beat them in two thousand seventeen. I did they? I thought they came close. I didn't think they actually beat them. Or it was sixteen. My bad. It was sixteen. Yeah, uh, it was one of those two years. They beat them one time. But guys, yeah. we're right here at an hour. We got one more question. It's the Southern Miss segment. Oh, no. Brandon, Southern Miss plus eleven and a half point underdogs to Liberty this weekend. The thing is, I want to believe in Frank Gore Jr. You know, his dad, great running back. Frank Gore Jr., not quite his dad. I want to believe in him. I want to believe in. Uh, I want to believe in this in this USM offense. Right. But I can't. I cannot believe in them. I'm going Liberty. Liberty has to cover that spread. They're, I mean, they're going to kill Southern Miss. Oh, Take man. Over under, over under 62 and a half. Way over. Southern Miss doesn't have a defense. Man, that's tough, guys. But you heard it here. Go make some money. Oh, Brandon always got you. I'll, 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 dry, I'll dox his address in the DMs if you have any issues. Um, I'll hit but, you with the Rob Your Bookie parlay later on this week, guys. Don't worry. There you go. But guys, that is a wrap on this episode. That is the week eight preview, man. We are so excited. I'm going to, you know, it's going to be cold up here in Kansas. I hope, uh, you know, I hope it snows so I can celebrate watching snow football in the snow up here. But check out our social media, Instagram at the underscore blue bloods, Twitter at the underscore underscore blue bloods, Facebook at the blue bloods pod episode coming Sunday, man. Well, week eight, week eight recap. Um, we got more stuff coming. Check out our website, thebluebloodspod.com. Check out our YouTube channel, the Blue Blood CFP podcast. All episodes, live streams, everything found there. Um, but guys, tune in wherever you listen. Rate, like, subscribe to the podcast. Tell your friends, family, girlfriends, whatever you want to do. Post on your TikTok. I don't care. Just tune in. Get all your college football info from the Blue Bloods. But for right now, guys, we out. <laughs>